everyone, and welcome to episode 160 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we discuss those folks in our lives that violate the social contracts that we all agree to live by. I'm your host, The Raz, with my co-host, The Buck, bringing you new and interesting stories from the far reaches of the interwebs. <laughs> really? That, that's your response? Yes. You're just going to growl at me? Yes, I was, it was like a, it was like a comfort, like, hmm. <laughs> Confidence indeed. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, dude. I was, I'm having a morning. Well, we're all having a morning. Mm-hmm. So I'm not making excuses. I'm just giving reasons. <laughs> you know, I, I have uh, electricity flowing through my back right now, just so I could tr- traverse the house to this room <laughs> till I could record. <laughs> um. It, it, it's 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 a thing so <laughs> don't get old kids but we're going to start out with our headline story of the week and it does come from the great state of florida the sunshine state the 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 the, the of the sandy beaches and the paradise and possible home of the fountain of youth and the oranges and oranges i do like oranges and this is being reported by the miami herald Sexual bondage date turned deadly when victim bit male's genitals. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Mm. A man's bondage sex date turned deadly when the partner he met online took offense to being bitten on the genitals, according to the Osceola County Sheriff's Office. You know, it, it, the Osceola County Sheriff's Office seems to be in a lot of our stories. And I just want to know if they have, like, a, a Florida man division. Because... <laughs> We could have our own version of law and order take place in Osceola County, it seems. Well, yeah. investigators discovered a motive when they tracked down the last person who had been in contact with the victim. It took four months to arrest the 34-year-old suspect who has been charged with manslaughter and possession of methamphetamines. On September 5th of 2022, the Osceola County Sheriff's Office responded to an address in Kissimmee, Florida regarding a suspicious death. The deceased victim was wearing bondage gear and appeared to have had trauma to his body. The medical examiner ruled out the, <laughs> as ruled the death was caused by blunt force trauma and strangulation. Detectives identified Brian Scott Demolo as the last person to see the victim alive. Demolo was arrested on January 3rd in Seminole County, located north of Orlando, and he has since given detectives detailed information about how the bonded sex game went bad. Bondage is a type of sex play that involves consensual tying or restraining of a partner in a sex position to give or receive sexual pleasure. Well, thank you, Medical News Today. We needed that definition because we none of us knew what bondage was. There was a word count in the article. There was a word count requirement. Probably. Uh, DeMillo <laughs> told detectives that he and the victim had met online in a chat group for sexual encounters, and the two arranged to meet in person. According to Mr. DeMillo, during oral sex, the victim bit down on his penis, which caused Mr. DeMillo to beat the victim. The victim uh, suffered several injuries and was knocked unconscious. DeMillo then left without calling 911 or rendering aid. He is being held at the Seminole County Sheriff's Office for extradition to Osceola County. Uh, At this time, he was in possession of methamphetamines as well. The identity of the victim has not been released. Which is hilarious, because if you notice, they took great pains to be very gender neutral in everything they say. (laughs) 
Yes, and I'll tell you what right now, this dude is not going to have any problems when he goes to prison. Why'd you kill? Nope. Why'd you kill that person? Hit my dick. Yep. Mm-hmm. How'd you kill? We him? know how. Bare hands. Yep. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. That is exactly the person not to fuck with. <laughs> that is just just putting that right out there. <laughs> just just putting that right out there. Like a lot of us, a lot of us say it. I know. I've been asked before. What would you do if she, if a woman bit down on your pecker? I'd beat the fuck out of her. That's 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 normally what I would say. Like if somebody bites your fucking dick, I I I beat the fuck out of them. I really would. And like during my during my literal stomping days, you know, those are far from over. Those are far over. But you know, back during my healthy days, I'd like to think that if some if somebody chomped down on Big Buck, that it would be like. What what the fuck, you know, and and this guy just proves it. I like, just like to throw it out there that the social liability podcast does not promote violence, especially that against women. Thanks, Buck. <laughs> you know what, man? It's not even violence against women. It's violence against somebody who bites your fucking junk. <laughs> it's whatever. And you know what? Maybe it was being playful. Maybe it was playful I, biting. I, you know what? It all starts with consent. You know? It all starts with consent. Did he say the There's... safe word? Did he say the safe word? Did he? You know what? Normally when people play around, they put exactly what's on the table on. The table. The hard the hard no's, the hard yeses. You know, I'll, 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 I'll concede to the fact that, you know, communication could have been a little bit more solid. But I'll tell you what. I mean, it just goes to show you. You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. I mean, don't bite it, dude. Don't don't bite a dude's dick. You know, just don't do that. Our next story. Anybody. Our next story comes from WFLA.com. Pfeffer. Pasco woman drops Paw Patrol <laughs> bag with fentanyl in Walmart and then asks for it back. <laughs> A completely reasonable request. I love it when people call the police and say the drugs that I bought are fake. <laughs> you know, this this just reminds me of one of those type of stories. This is Palm yes. Harbor, Florida. A woman with from Newport Ritchie was accused of leaving a bag containing fentanyl at a Walmart in Pinellas County on Monday. According to an arrest affidavit from the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office, Karen Broadmarkle, 40, was allegedly captured on surveillance dropping a zipped container with a Paw Patrol design on it in the pet food aisle where she leaned over to look at some items on the shelves. Uh, Broadmarkle reportedly called the store and told the staff she was coming to retrieve the bag. (laughs) The Sheriff's Office was asked to respond to the store to inspect the abandoned property. Deputy said the container allegedly contained uh, multiple plastic bags with a white powdery substance, two containers with an unknown substance, a glass pipe, aluminum foil, metal, (laughs) plastic straws, razor blades, lighters, and scissors. That right there, folks, is a meth kit. Yes, indeedy. She she has her crack kit out there. She is ready to go. Um... Fentanyl, however, is extremely potent. Extremely potent. Um, given the the baggies and everything, something tells me she's probably distributing. Just saying. Uh, deputies said that Broadmarkle denied owning the bag or anything inside of it. Sure you did, lady. 
Uh, the white substance found inside allegedly tested positive for fentanyl, according to the PCSO field test. The other items inside the bag were submitted for testing. Broad Michael was booked into the Pinellas County Jail and charged with possession of a controlled substance, possession of drug paraphernalia. She has since been released on bond. <laughs> Paw Patrol! She gonna get... Paw Patrol! <laughs> Dude, you want to talk about violence? That's the, This is the perfect recipe for that. I'll bet you those drugs were fronted to her. It... And she lost them. It's possible. And she lost. My question is, what does she go to the grocery store with it for? You know, why take it to the grocery store? That's an odd one. I'm telling you, man, because when somebody fronts you that kind of fucking product and now you're on the hook for it, think about it. Think about the caliber of person that we're dealing with. And I'm making a lot of wild assumptions here. But we're going to say the birds of a feather flock together. And that the people that are at her home are probably not the most morally driven people on the planet and we know after three years of doing this almost three years that if there's if there's a baggie of drugs somewhere in a house full of druggies somebody from florida is gonna find it yeah yeah like <laughs> that, that don't 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 leave it alone just don't leave it alone so they go off they're like all right you know i'm gonna buy some eggs and bread and milk and be responsible with the drug money that i'm procuring but i, I can't you know, all the shit's fronted to me, and I can't leave it to get stolen, so I'm just going to take it with me. But I shouldn't have got so fucking blitzed before I came into the store, because now I left my Paw Patrol bag. You know? But since the drugs were fronted to me, I and, um, <laughs> like, like, you know, I'm on the hook now for quite a few fucking dollars. Like, holy smoly. Somebody's going to be really, really upset for me to just come back empty-handed and be like... Ah, the drugs disappeared in a Walmart in a Paw Patrol bag. I seem to have dropped them. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what? Uh, f funny story. I don't think that's going to fly. So, you know, I don't know if this was sheer stupidity or a calculated effort in order to make a paper trail and get yourself out of fucking trouble. Because you know what? If you're going to be using that shit story that the cops got the drugs, you better have something on paper to fucking prove it. Especially, especially if you got to go back to like the person who gave them to you. I don't think it matters if the cops have them or not. If they front them to you, they still want their money. They don't care about the drugs. You're they care about the money. I know. Yeah, but you know what? Maybe the time in which you are allowed to repay the debt is drastically affected by if you stole it or if you lost it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I never dabbled in in that kind of drug universe. So, again, you know, wildly speculating, but, you know, this is how you this is how you create content for a show, just by being a fucking stone-blubbering idiot. So, either way, the Paw Patrol bag was a nice touch, though. It Talk was. about discreet. Well, our next story, still in the great state of Florida. <laughs> this is from ClickOrlando.com. As a uh, brevard man accused of threatening wife... Throwing blind dog with cancer into a pool. Brilliant. A satellite beach man was arrested Tuesday after threatening to shoot his wife and throwing his family's 17-year-old dog into a pool, according to the police department. Police said 52-year-old Christopher Fisher had gotten into a fight with a friend he had had over at his home Tuesday night. After getting upset with one of the guests in his home, Fisher went into the living room with a firearm and pulled the trigger. 
However, the, <laughs> the affidavit shows the gun was empty and simply clicked. Fisher then went back to the bedroom, presumably to get some bullets, <laughs> and the guest fled the house. According to the affidavit, Fisher's wife confronted him about using the firearm, after which Fisher threatened to put a bullet in her head and return to the bedroom, which is where he kept his firearms. The wife fled the home and called police, who responded to the home and arrested Fisher. The affidavit says Fisher uh, denied threatening anyone with a firearm, saying he loved his wife and he would never hurt her. Police said Fisher also admitted to being intoxicated, not that he needed to. <laughs> Fisher's wife and other witnesses reported at some point during the fight, Fisher, Fisher picked up his family's 17-year-old dog and threw it in the pool. According to police, the dog is blind and suffers from cancer, with large open tumors on his tail and back leg. The wife told police that Fisher throws the dog into the pool frequently and watches it struggle as the dog is unable to get out on its own. Fisher faces charges of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and animal cruelty. He is being held on a $17,000 bond. Fuck him. Fuck him. What else can you say, man? Like, just fuck him. You're muted there, bucko. Hope you know that. I didn't. Well, now you do. Go ahead and feel free yeah. to comment. I just said, man. That's all I kept on repeating. I was just like, man. Man. But he, so He gets mad, throws the dog in the pool, and laughs and watches it struggle. Fuck him! You know, <laughs> I mean, a dog... Uh, the dog didn't do anything. 98% of the fucking time, the dog actually didn't do anything. And people, we, we, we see stories where people just like, dogs get such a bad, like the shit end of the stick, literally. I mean, dogs got cancer, fucking blind 17 years old that'd be like throwing so that's like throwing a 95 year old cancer ridden man into a pool and then just sitting there and laughing as they struggle to get out like who, who, what what kind of shit what kind of fucking shithead does that like uh this guy <laughs> yeah i i mean but I love my wife, and I would never hurt her. But I did throw put a bullet in her head, and I did pull a and, gun on my guest and pull the trigger. Just forgot to load the damn thing. And and I do routinely throw my cancer-ridden, blind geriatric dog into the pool, and and watch it struggle as it's trying to get out. But I would never hurt my wife. Yeah. That that is there. There are certain lines in the sand that a man shall not cross, and that, sir, is where mine is drawn. I I I, I would not hurt my wife. Now, buddy, mm, $17,000 bond? I mean, like... you got seems, pretty, a little, seems a little light. Yeah, I know. I, it really does. Especially for a gun charge. You know, yeah. why... I hope, I hope he loses it. You know, I'm a huge fan of the Second Amendment. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever. But, again, if you can't, if you can't play by the rules of the sandbox, then... You really shouldn't be able to keep your toys. So, <laughs> hmm. 
Either way, moving along, what do we what do we got up next in the gallery of rogues? Okay, let's get out of Florida. What do you say? Let's go. Uh, let's, yeah. let's get as far away from Florida as we can. Let's go to the UK. Uh, this comes from DerbyshireLive.co.uk. Upskirt pervert caught in women's toilet at Derby McDonald's. Eagle-eyed staff recognized him from past offending. Oh my God. An upskirt pervert from the Derby from Derby banned from entering the toilets of every McDonald's in the UK was this week caught in the cuti- cubicles <laughs> of a ladies' laboratory at the popular fast food chain in city center. Ashir Shumba uh, was banned as part of his punishment for taking seedy photographs of women in the toilets of a branch of McDonald's in Surrey, as well in the former walkabout bar in Derby's marketplace. Uh, Southern Derbyshire Magistrate Courts w- was told how, as such, the 27-year-old's photograph was distributed to staff members who work at the restaurant. And on Wednesday evening of this week, December 28th, he was spotted and recognized by an eagle-eyed worker at the St. Peter's Street branch in Derby. Oh my God! I mean, I'm I, this is in English, but I'm having a heck of a time. Prosecutor Becky. Alsop said in a statement they said I recognized him and he followed me upstairs and made some conversation with me. I thought he was going to sit down and order some food but instead I watched as he walked into the female toilets. The staff member said there was a woman in the toilets and when uh, they entered she said I think there's a male in one of the cubicles acting suspiciously. She began banging on the door and the defendant replied what do you want? They said to him you are in the female toilet you need to get out. And he replied, I thought this was the male toilets. Miss Assop said the police went to uh, Shumby's home in Shakespeare Street, Thinfin, where they arrested him and seized devices that are currently being analyzed. That's what it said. Uh, the defendant pled guilty to a breach of terms of sexual harm prevention order. It's, it's, it's English, but it's like it's a different language. They also imposed in January of 2021 at the Derby Crown Court where he was handed a two-year community order after he admitted to two counts of voyeurism. The first happened in a branch of McDonald's in Richmond, Surrey, which the second happened New Year's Eve 2019 in the old walkabout bar, now called The Hideout. After the, after the hearing, recorder William Herbage, KC, was told how Shumber, Shumba, sorry, S-H-U-M-B-A, Shumba, locked himself in the cubicles and then filmed the victims as they used the facilities. On the first occasion, he was spotted and ran out of the fast food outlet, chased by the women who told her how she felt violated by what had happened to her. The second time in Derby, he was identified and arrested by police for slipping his handcuffs and running off. (laughs) Chasing officers caught him and seized his mobile phone, which had almost 400 upskirt-style photographs were on it. Uh, handing Shumba a two-year community order on the occasion, the judge said, the offense of voyeurism is serious and it invades people's privacy and dignity. He recognized at this time it was morally wrong, but it was also illegal. (laughs) You seem to have done this on a number of occasions, but I am only sentencing you for two. You clearly have a problem, but what drove you to do this is entirely clear, except you admitted to yourself you've got a sexual gratification from it. James Close, defending Shumba this week in Derby, said his client was doing well on the community order and that he was handed almost two years ago, and he complied with all the unpaid work and the sex offender treatment program he was ordered to attend. 
He said, I don't think there is evidence either way if he did or did not have any recording devices on him in the McDonald's this week. You could impose a suspended sentence as a warning not to do it again. Bullshit! Magistrates remanded Shumba into the custody over New Year's and committed his sentence to a Crown Derby court, which he is... I'm sorry, the Derby Crown Court, which he is scheduled to appear to be sentenced on January 19th. <laughs> you could just give him a warning. <laughs> Fuck you. I mean, yeah. you're, you're supposed to advocate mm. for your client. I get that. But come on, man. At least try to think about what you're saying before you say it. Yeah. They say that the only stupid question is the one you don't ask. That really applies almost everywhere in life, except for when you're in front of a judge. I can think of some pretty stupid questions. Well, still, I mean, like, you know, you can get away with just about anything. But doing it in front of a judge, I mean, like, come on, man. Come Come on, on, come come on, come on. Come on, man. And then the UK, they they are famous for being extremely nice, extremely accommodating, you know, and I, I believe you're thinking of Canada, dude. It's it's like just roll with it, man. Like, of course, I'm talking to Canada, but the UK <laughs> is the like, like They're, don't correct, no, no, don't, no. The people in the UK are some of the surliest motherfuckers you're ever. Yes, gonna meet. <laughs> exactly. That's I was being sarcastic. I don't think you were. You know, no, I really was. I really was, but. You know, it's just why, like, okay, there's definitely a lot, lot wrong with this fella. And, you know, I can understand giving out benefit of the doubt and, you know, asking for second chances. But this guy, this guy has a recorded, like, history of, of this problem. And isn't it obvious that what you're doing to treat this is not, not helping? Working. It is not, you know, it's like he's gone to sex offender treatment. He's done the community programs. He's had this two fucking years. You guys have known that this guy is an animal, you know, with a, with a camera and, and now, but, but, you know, how about, how about a little leniency? It's like, uh, I thought that's what we were doing straight from the get go. I thought, you know, in my opinion, Everything I've heard so far has been pretty damn lenient. I think it's time to, you know, give, give you know, take the slack off the leash and and you know, make sure this guy gets some help. But you know, that's just me. That's just me. I mean, you know, maybe tenderly asking him to stop might 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 prompt a change. You know, I I. I it, Let's, let's, I'm just going to say no on that one. <laughs> okay, Buck, we're back. And we're going to go to vice.com as two men accidentally set themselves on fire trying to burn down an immigration center. <laughs> and there's video. Unfortunately, you can't see it. But two men set themselves on fire after dumping an accelerant on a California immigration services building and setting it ablaze. I like how they always say accelerant. It's gasoline. On Monday night, a ring surveillance camera captured two men dressed in black with masks covering their face walk up to the Servico de Immigration in Bakersfield, California. Uh, 
The two men proceeded to dump the accelerant over the side of the building and parking lot in front. As one of the men continued to spread the fuel, a second squatted over a puddle of the accelerant and tried to light it on fire. Here's the thing. Gas actually uh, doesn't burn. It's the, uh, the, it's the fumes that come off of the, the gas. Something to keep in mind. As one of the men continued to spread the fuel, the second squatted over the puddle of accelerant and tried to set it on fire. The fuel ignited violently, and the man sprinted away with his leg on fire. The second man panicked and fell down twice, and like his comrades, sprinted away from the scene of the crime on fire. <laughs> the man could be heard screaming as he ran into the night. The owner of the business said, Servico de Immigration told a local Fox News outlet that they help their customers work with the immigration process and pay their income taxes. Another worker said the suspect dropped their phones as they fled, and they are now in the hands of authorities. <laughs> Vice News has reached out to the business, local law enforcement, and the FBI, but did not receive a t- response at the time of publication. The company has posted the video, however, on its Facebook page. <laughs> Dear customers, we started this year a little bad, but by the grace of God, we will get ahead. Reads a translated version of their Facebook post. Kern County Fire Department responded to the ablaze and was able to put, put it out in about 10 minutes. The footage is quite dramatic, and we hope these individuals are identified quickly. While the fire was contained in the business garage, smoke from the fire got inside the building. While it was put out quickly, some of the uh, properties, uh, like a large prop- some of the the property, like a large industrial fan, were destroyed. The business was forced to close until further notice, and ha- have started a GoFundMe campaign to help pay for damages. They say some of the property destroyed was that of a friend who was keeping equipment for the car wash business at the center. They have raised uh, twelve hundred dollars of their five thousand dollar goal. Well. You know what? I think that if they were to take the video clip from their surveillance and trademark it and copyright it and license it and sell it, they could, with that one video, blanket so many different topics for PSAs. It is unfucking real. You've got fire safety. You've got staying in school and don't do drugs. You've got fucking stop drop and roll you've got so many things I'm that the you video. can advocate for <laughs> i'm sorry that's I'm wa- what i'm saying i'm watching the video right now these morons <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying man I, yeah stay in school like that like you could you could sell like i don't know why they're even on a gofundme ca- campaign somebody needs to get in touch with them to be like hey ooh, 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 you're fishing in the wrong hole here you're fishing in the wrong hole. You know, let, let's, we can get you money. And you don't even have to beg for it. <laughs> like, mm Wow. Okay, Buck, our next uh, story. I think it's Canada. I'm not sure. What's, uh, what's .ca? Is that Canada? Canada, yeah. Yeah, yeah CT, CTV News. So Canada Television News, I guess. I don't know. Uh, they're reporting that Elon Musk breaks Guinness World Record for largest loss of fortune. <laughs> have you yes. have you followed this Twitter debacle? Not so much. However, I was very interested in the fact that that is an impressive world record. See, I, I 
I, I do troll Twitter. And I say troll, I mean, I get on there and just read a lot. Because there's a lot of people that um, I have, like, casual relationships with that I, I speak with that um, from a, not a professional standpoint, but from a like, what I'm doing right now standpoint. And that's that's the best way to communicate, unfortunately, uh, until another alternative comes out. So I have adopted using Twitter for, for that means and to shame um, airlines because I, I, I'm i just tired of the way airlines operate in this country. Um, but I, when, as soon as Musk took over, I was like so dreading what's going to end up happening. And uh, eventually I, I foresee the, the company either just shuttering or being sold to Facebook or something of that nature. <laughs> um, because of, of this, this this lunacy. It's official. Elon Musk has now shattered the world record for the largest loss of personal fortune in history, according to the Guinness Book of World Records. His loss is up to $124 billion more than the previous record. Since November 2021, he has lost around $182 billion, according to Forbes. In a uh, blog post, GWR says that while the exact figure is almost impossible to ascertain other sources suggest that the lost amount is closer to 200 billion surpassing by far the previous record set by a japanese tech investor who in 2000 lost 58.6 billion uh, the investor's net worth declined from a peak of u.s uh, dollars at 78 billion to 19.4 billion in july of 2000 as a result of a volatile and plummeting value of the tech conglomerate SoftBank. Forbes estimated that Musk's net worth, largely affected by the poor performance of Tesla stock, plummeted from $320 billion in 2001 to $130 billion as of January 2023. Really? We're going to blame this on Tesla? I think not. <laughs> I mean, Tesla's a shit company too, but... Uh, long-term fundamental, um, yeah, fundamentals are extremely strong. Short-term market madness is unpredictable. With the vast majority of Musk's fortune hinged to the Tesla stock, this 65 cent uh, drop in the company's value is 2022 was another black eye in a storm of financial woes that knocked off his personal status as the world's richest person. Musk's uh, steep descent kicked off in October of 2022 when he purchased Twitter for approximately $44 billion. Despite such a drastic decline in wealth, Musk won't stri- um, um, starve? Starve. Won't starve. I'm sorry. Uh, he remains the world's second richest person. Yeah, you know, I was really hoping that there'd be more to this than so that. Was I, so was I. But he, he is the definition you know, of fuck around and found out. Because he, he made <laughs> he made the fucking, like, oh, I'll, I'll buy it for $44 billion, or however much he bought it for. And thinking that they were just going to, like, throw him off. And they're like, sold. And he's like, what? <laughs> and they're like, no, sold. Cheers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to buy it. What tough shit, motherfucker! <laughs> you shouldn't have, shouldn't have threw your name in the ring. Shouldn't have threw your hat in the ring, buddy. He was nope. fucking, he was trying to play troll and he lost. <laughs> he did. He he was playing chicken and he fucking crashed. Yes, indeed. Like that's it. And you know what? I mean, like people look at that number and the two hundred billion dollars, and it, it really is. It absolutely is a lot of money. You know, in real life, if you but, to, me, but to him, pe- billionaires lose 
and fluctuate with their fortunes all the fucking time. He went from number one to number two richest person. Boo who? Boo who? You know, if you asked me five years ago, I would have told you how much I wanted a Tesla. I wanted that car in the worst way. And I would have moved heaven and earth to get one if I could have afforded it. Uh, now, there's not a fucking way in hell you could get me to own a Tesla. That, that company is so fucking crooked. It is ridiculous about the way their chargers, you know, you, oh, you bought a used car? Well, you can't use our chargers anymore. You can't use the fast charger. Your charger will be intentionally made slow. Oh, you made a modification? Well, we're going to sue you to put it back the way it was. Oh, you bought a car? Um, well, the battery's fucked on it after six months. Uh, you're going to have to pay us to replace the battery, and it costs more than the car actually cost you in the first place. I mean, there's so much wrong with Tesla. I, w- I want nothing to do with that company. So, uh, Sadar has been like on me now for a couple years about getting a Nero, which is a, a Kia's uh, hybrid car. And finally, we-, we-, we decided, let's go ahead and do it. Let's go ahead. We contacted the dealership. Now, they MSRP for, guess how much, Buck? Uh, 34? About 23,000. No, it was way off. And the- you know what the first number they threw me was? Twenty-three thousand. Forty. Forty thousand. Uh, I promptly told them to kick rocks. By the way, <laughs> Al, I don't even understand how. The, like, I sold cars. I've done every job in a car dealership except for actually being a sales manager. I could desk deals. I could put together internet deals. I did transfer or trades. Dealer trades. I, I had my hands in everything, and I don't. I've never, ever, ever in my life seen that kind of math happen. You've got an MSRP. Like, what do they have on the vehicle? What did they? What? What were the add-ons? Nothing. Nothing. Like that's what I want to know. So, like, so, they, so the dealership. Look, the dealership is about an hour and a half, hour forty-five minutes away from us, and they kept saying, "Well, you need to come in." I'm like, "No." We're going to at least get a, a a basis of our, our discussions before I leave the house, or I'm not driving it. Um, so I asked them what the numbers were. Finally, over the phone, and they told us forty thousand, and they wouldn't even um, discuss what our trade was because we do have a trade. And I, I usually don't admit to a trade when I'm uh, talking to them, but we can tell them we had a trade. Um, and um, I said, you know, forty thousand, you're out of your flipping mind, dude. He says, well, that's, our, that's what my manager said. Don't fucking do that. It, here's a, here's a newsflash, folks, and Buck can tell me if I'm wrong. That whole nonsense where they run back and forth between you and the manager to try to co- negotiate, that's not what they're doing. They know what the price is already. They're just pretending like they're your friend and the manager's the bad guy. They're, it, it's a game. It's a psychological game. Mm. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. Mm, it, it might be the, the yeah one of the managers playing, but not the fucking salesman. They're don't all mm, in on it. You just told me to tell you if you were wrong, and I am telling Here's you that you are wrong. And this is I've done so this at dealerships. Go ahead and tell me. No, no, I've done this tell at dealerships. Me. No, no. Well, I have you told. Go ahead and tell me. I have told yep, the okay. salesman that if you can't negotiate with me, then why am I talking to you? Go away. Have your manager sit his fat ass over here. And I'll negotiate with him. But I'm not playing this game where we pretend like you're trying to help me. 
They really are trying to help you. It's the manager. I'm telling you, it's the fucking manager. Then it's the why, most frustrating then why am thing I, on the Then why am I negotiating with the salesman? Because the manager sits behind that fucking desk playing Spider Solitaire on his computer, expecting the world to come to him. Then do I'm not, not buying a car for Do him. not. Do, that's fine. But do not sit there and blame it on the four fucking salesmen. You have no idea what that poor fucking car salesman has to go through just in order to put a deal together. You think he wants to really sit there and go back and fucking forth and play some sort of Chinese checkers mental fucking judo over one car deal? You, sir, are fucking wrong. That guy, he would love nothing more than for the manager to actually sit his fat ass in that chair and fucking negotiate and cut four hours out of the goddamn day. Okay, it because is, he can now go off and sell another car. It is. There's a nothing game. more satisfying. It is a game. Nothing more satisfying is a car salesman than getting two or three sales in a day. And what makes it impossible is that bullshit running fucking back and forth, cock, like fucking cat and mouse over what mounts to be $500 that's holding a fucking deal up. And you know what? You've got a hard-nosed customer who knows the value. I say hard-nosed because he knows what he's got and he knows what it's worth. But then you've got the manager who's looking at the bottom line. And then you know what? It's Hammer and Anvil as far as that fucking number goes. And you know who's sitting in the middle of them? That poor fucking salesman. Yeah, it's a game. Whatever. But the salesman is a pawn. I have no sympathy in my life, nor will I ever, for that salesman. Because what they're trying eh. to do is they're trying to beat you down. And You're act, wrong. And act like it's a complete fucking, like they're doing you a favor for selling you the car at this. And then, then, more than one time, I've had those fucking cocksuckers try to change the goddamn deal when we get to the finance person, because you can't just deal with one motherfucker doing this. You got to deal with another department now. And I've had that motherfucker come back and say, oh, well, you agree. We're just, just sign here. I go, well, hang on, motherfucker. Because you, you printed this off that dot matrix printer over there, which God's sakes, people get with the goddamn times. It's always the dot matrix printer. They print that son of a bitch what, off. Uh... And they put that shit in front of you. Here, just sign here. No, I'm going to read it, bitch. Well, we're closing soon. I don't give a flying fuck, motherfucker. Sit there and shut up. I'm going to read the goddamn shit. Oh, look, you increased it by six payments. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. You're, what you are doing is, is you are taking the chicanery of a few people and blaming it on the entire dealership. You realize that that process exists the way that it is because of litigious, stupid-ass motherfuckers who cannot realize that once you pay the fucking price, the car is yours, and they kind of, they try and come back and be like, oh, well, the paint flecked after, you know, a screw came off of a dump truck and hit the hood of my car, and I just bought the vehicle, and now you owe me for it. It's like, no, 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 we now need a form for this. No, you know, this, we this, now need a form. For this, this process so came out. I'm gonna, this yeah. process came out because lobbyists that have made it to the point where you can only 
only sell cars, new cars. I'm not going to say used cars. Used cars are even fucking worse. But new cars through the franchise agreements. And then you can't have competition because, nope, you can't have that fucking dealership too close to this other dealership. You can't buy directly from a manufacturer. Nope, you have to go through this cocksucker. Why do we even have manufacturer suggested retail price when the dealership can just say, eh, we're gonna we're gonna change the change the we're gonna change the game. We're gonna swap the ball out. Oh, what's that? You've already paid for your car? Well, you haven't taken delivery of it yet, and we have another guy that's willing to pay more, so we're we're gonna we're gonna pull the deal out from under you. There is not a good car salesman in the fucking world. They either if the good ones don't stay in it very long. Because they are gone. Mm. They either have a fucking heart attack dealing with this chicanery nonsense, or they turn into the scum that this place it, it just infests with them, and they end up with the same. They end up being the scum themselves. So either they either get out with a shred of their sanity, or they become the scum. If anybody is ever interested in hearing how the car business actually works, we can do another episode on it. However, for the doom and gloom, worst case scenarios, Raz pretty pretty well has it pegged for uh, the real the real crooks out there. But I assure you that there are more priests, politicians, and judges in prisons than there are car salesmen. So yeah, because the sc- you know. car salesmen are scumming up to skate away. Hmm. No, they're not. <laughs> you have to break. No, they're not. They they get caught. They just yeah. It is what it is. I, I, eh, I got a lot. I, there's, there's a lot going on I'm with gonna, car dealers. I'm gonna drive to Virginia and fist fight your ass, bitch. That's fine. <laughs> I'm gonna beat up a goddamn cripple. I don't care. No, you're not. No, dude. No, 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 no. You are not. You the fuck will not, motherfucker. Have you ever seen Game of Thrones? Have you ever seen Game of Thrones? Yeah, it ended like huh? shit. <laughs> yeah, trial by combat, motherfucker. I pick my motherfucking champion. Oh, do you think I'm I fight fair? I don't give a shit whether you fight fair. <laughs> You're going to be fighting Ch- Chuck Norris, Eddie Hall. I'll get the rock. I'll be like, I don't know. My buddy wants to come up here and fist fight a cripple. I need somebody to stand in as my champion and be proxy buck. When I say fist, fist the, fight, uh, per- when I say fist fight, I'm talking about an aluminum bat. Okay, I may not be able to kick Dude. someone's ass, but I can bring a fucking bat. That's fine. That's fine. You will lose. I, you've got a long drive to get here, and I got a lot of time to prepare. Oh, I'll you see. You have, I'll see you in about ten hours, bitch. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what? Getting up to the getting up to my house is going to be like trying to go from like that. It's going to be worse than D Day. Oh my god, there's only one way in, one way out. You have no idea, man. I have to be real careful what I say because this could get us demonetized. So I'm gonna be real careful about the threats I make. <laughs> well, but we you... are we are friends. We are friends and we are not actually threatening each other. And I just wanna make sure that we that we uh put that out there. You know, we've gone way off course though, because Elon Musk is just uh, uh, uh like an anomaly of the human. I don't want to call him a piece of shit because I don't know. If, I don't fucking know the guy. I just think that he makes a lot of Bravo's decisions, and you know, two hundred billion dollar loss for a guy like that. He's gonna make that like all their fortune. None of those guys could go to the bank. Bezos, fucking Musk, Donald Trump, all these fucking dudes. They can't go to the bank and go. Well, I'd like to withdraw my uh, 
$124 billion. It's not even in cash. Their fucking assets are tied up in stock, and that's how he lost $200, $200 billion. So part, as soon as as soon Musk, as the stock goes back up on the fucking rise, he's gonna have his fortune back. So must whatever. His biggest problem is is he thinks he's fucking funny. He thinks he's entertaining. That is his biggest goddamn problem. He thinks he is a 20-year-old, which he's not, and he thinks he's like some fucking funny internet meme. Yeah, dude, you are, because we're laughing at you. But not, not with we're not, you. We're not laughing with you. We're laughing at you. And that's his biggest fucking problem. Like, the first day he took over and he walked in there with the fucking sink. Yeah, you're real fucking funny. Ha, 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 ha. You know, it's like, buddy, you're not telling the joke. You are the joke. Oh, we're going to get rid of all this type of people, this type of people, and this type of people off the platform. Those are the only people on your platform, dipshit. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's funny because we there is a um there was a, a an app that came out um in it was it, they they first tried it in DC and it was an app that was created for um a conservative dating program where that way you you wouldn't um start dating someone who had differing differing political beliefs that way there was no fighting about politics in the house Sounds kind of reasonable. The only problem is, is they they launched it and it had no women on it. <laughs> it had all these freaking ads about these women saying that this how important this is to them. No men in the ads, by the way. It was all women. Uh, and then when they actually launched the app, nobody was getting dates because there was no fucking women on the app. So it just it's. That was his concept of Twitter. We're going to get rid of all this, that, and the other thing. That is what Twitter is. That was the alternative. You know, the Facebook pages are more conservative. The the uh, Twitter pages are more liberal. I mean, that's just the way it kind of panned out. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I mean, <sighs> guy just needs to stay in his fucking lane. Is what it is what it boils down to, because now he's Here's, he's a car guy and an internet social media mogul. It's like you know what, watching somebody play the guitar with the cymbals strapped to their knees is entertaining, but it's not good music. So if, if you know, if, stay in your lane. If I ended up with a hundred billion dollars today, what do you think would happen tomorrow, Buck? Now I'm talking about me here, not you or anybody else. Me. If I if somehow I. I looked over and there was a hundred billion dollars sitting on the floor. It was my money. What do you think would happen tomorrow? Uh, you'd be on the phone with the financial advisor and still be in possession of a hundred billion dollars. I would disappear. Yes. I would have attorneys. Yes. I'd have Goldman Sachs on speed dial. But I would dis a fucking peer. Nobody would know my goddamn name. I would live somewhere where no one knew anything about me. And you ain't gonna find out shit about me. No one is going to know. I will, I, my name will be anonymity. Not Elon Musk. <laughs> he, he is in a perpetual dick-waving contest with the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 
enough about this guy, man. He's a fucking, he's, he's just, he, he is going to burn his own flame out is what it is. He is going to give him, give him five, 10 more years and he won't even be in the fucking news. I wish it'd be quicker than that, but let's go to W I'm sorry. Uh, KHQ.com. This is in, uh, this is a Washington news station. Passengers of DUI driver calls cops on the cops. This happened in Spokane. A passenger of a Ford F-150 called 911 to report they were being chased down State Route 27 by Washington State Parole Troopers. Uh, Our partners at the South Spokane Review reported. Okay. I hate that so much. This is not a novel. Just fucking write the facts. Uh, At 12.30 a.m. on January 8th, a WSP trooper noticed a truck swerving in and out of lanes near 3rd and State Route 27. The trooper activated his lights when this uh, suspect was suspected that the driver was DUI. When 28-year-old Amanda Boporis? Boporis? B-A-P-O-R-I-S. Boporis. Didn't pull over. A pursuit started. (laughs) According to the Spokane Review, uh, Baporis continued down the highway for almost 10 miles, reaching speeds over 100 miles per hour in an F-150. That's kind of impressive. While swerving mm-hmm. in and out of lanes. Baporis and two other passengers in a truck believed the troop was, trooper was not allowed to pursue them after the 2001 state legislature limited high-speed police pursuits. This is not true as the pursuit was authorized by the WSP supervisor. It is unclear what was said to the 911 dispatchers. I have got to hear this during the call, but Paporis argued that her constitutional rights were being violated by the pursuit. Alcohol containers were ultimately found in the vehicle, and Paporis was arrested on one count of DUI and one count of attempting to elude police. Her two passengers, however, were released. We are doing a, a, a Freedom of Information Act request today, Buck. I have got to hear that 911 recording. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've got to hear that. <laughs> I'm putting in a I'm putting in a Freedom of Information Act request. I've got to hear that. Got to hear that. Um, so yeah, a lot of places have banned pursuits, and ultimately for good reason. Uh, but you know, it, it, providing the circumstances are right, they can get authorization to initiate a pursuit. And this is twelve thirty in the morning. Um, the roads were probably relatively clear. And the supervisor said, yeah, this one is a danger to the public. So as long as it's still safe to do so, let's go ahead and, and try to get this done. Um, but the fact that they're, they're screaming on the phone to 911, you're violating my constitutional rights. It's not in the Constitution, by the way. A 1983 violation is, a, is your violation of civil rights that are guaranteed under the Constitution. Not to be pursued by police is not a constitutional right. <laughs> not, a, not, not, not a constitutional right, no. Hmm. I'd like to see where that one was written in ink and paper. <laughs> You're not allowed to pursue. Well, yeah, they can. <laughs> I would like you to actually show me where that is written written down anywhere. 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 Well, anywhere. I, can, I can actually show you anywhere. I'm sure it's on somebody's website. Which is no, where, no, no, which, I mean like anywhere official. <laughs> which is where she got the information, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Truth. All right, let's talk about... Or they learned it in prison. I was originally going to have the first four uh, stories uh, be a Florida omnibus like we've done in the past, but I wanted to move this one to the end because I I just see this as Buck in his old age. I kind of do, yeah. 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 I mean, like, you know, 
I didn't read the article, but I mean, like, maybe this guy might be what I want to be when I grow up. But of course, I've held off on it for this long, and people love it, but back by popular demand. Florida man, Florida man, does whatever the fuck he can. Makes headlines every time. Florida's paradigm. Look out! Here comes Florida man. Indeed, as a 74-year-old Florida man on an electric scooter threatened and chased two with a knife. The 74-year-old man is accused of chasing two people with a knife while riding on his electric scooter, according to the Rockledge Police Department. During a verbal disagreement, Daniel Zarelli retrieved an 8-inch blade from a drawer in his home and actively followed a woman throughout the residence in his scooter Monday evening, according to the arrest affidavit. I'm going to need you to go ahead and get caregiver Katie's ass out here, and I need you to do a uh, dramatic recreation for us. Yes. No. Yes. That would that we don't have time to orchestrate that right now. That's the I best don't even part. know caregiver Katie. I don't even know if she's awake. Even better, she'll be tripping and falling. It'll look more dramatic. This could be a YouTube sensation. Yeah. If you told me that we needed to get this done forty minutes ago, I could have started the waking up process, and then by now had this rolling like there's a lot of shit that you got to take her meds she got to go to the bathroom she got to get the dogs outside they are gonna bark no, i no, mean like it's a, a logistical if she trips, nightmare she trips over the dog she pisses herself I mean, these are all internet gold my friend internet gold zarelli's alleged statements of wanting to kill the woman prompted her to run from the residence police say zarelli then targeted a man outside the home chasing him around a car which was a rental signed in the man's name why is that important down the street while still holding the knife Zarelli slashed the car's left rear tire with willful and malicious intent. Is there any other? When you're talking about slashing someone's tires, isn't it always with willful and malice intent? I, it was an accident, and I was trying to do a good thing. No, mm, no, I can't. I can't see how that particular puzzle piece would fit into that narrative. Well, this caused approximately five hundred dollars in damage. When police arrived, they said Zarelli was seen holding the knife and actively following the woman up the driveway of the residence. Upon speaking with him, officers reportedly smelled alcohol on Zarelli's breath, as well as hearing Zarelli spontaneously utter that he wanted to stab the man he was chasing while he had the chance. (laughs) Zarelli was booked into the Brevard County Jail on multiple charges, including two instances of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, both of which are felonies. Police also said that Zarelli was was on felony probation during the incident. He's being held on $26,000 bond and is expected to make his first appearance in court on February 1st. Is it just me or are bonds in Florida getting ridiculously low? I think I, I, I think you're right on that one. Do you remember the bond, like, so the bond hearings we'd, we'd sit in on? I mean, I, mm-hmm. I heard some ridiculous numbers that I was kind of like, damn, you know. Uh, big difference, though, and this is a little-known thing, in the state of Pennsylvania where we're talking about, where we worked at, uh, no money actually change, changes hands with a bail bondsman. Uh, when, you, nope. when you go to a bail bondsman, you, you pay them. So they say, it's, I'll get them out for 500 bucks. You give them the $500. They then go to the jail, and they just sign a piece of paper. They don't actually hand over like the, the, the $500,000 bond or whatever it is. Uh, in order to be able, You don't even have to have the money. A bondsman in the state of Pennsylvania actually buys into an insurance plan that's run by the state, state insurance company. Uh, and once they've had so many skips, they lose their policy. 
and then they just reincorporate it under a different name and here they go. But they're actually no money changing hands. So the, the numbers in Pennsylvania are really high to help boost uh, bondsman's fees, essentially. Uh, I'm wondering if there's some kind of legislation in Florida that sh that's, that's shifted that, or uh, there's been like talks of uh, laws in certain states like California where they want to lower bond amounts to make it so people can actually afford to get out of the prison. Uh, with Florida having the reputation that it does, I can see that being a possibility to try to keep their, that's, their keep their mm -hmm. census numbers down so that the prisons aren't overpopulated. And that that actually makes a great deal of sense. I would I I'd, I'd be willing to rally behind that line of thought. I'm I'm, I'm literally it, spitballing as I'm talking, thinking, and just spitting out what I'm thinking. <laughs> well, you're doing a fantastic job, man. Oh. It's a lot, you know. I just. Personally, though, I think I'd have to uh, put knife wielding and car slashing out of my uh, out of my retirement plan, though. You know, um, can you, I can just imagine the cop like trying everything he can not to take that old fucker to jail. Just trying everything under the sun to me. think of a reason not to, because the logistics of moving a disabled person into jail is just pain in the oh, ass. Oh yeah, this is this is actually very true. More often than not, is... we've seen it too, where you, you, somebody will come in and they'll have some kind of disability and they find a reason to send them to the hospital so that they can um, get them evaluated for something. And then while you're there, because while, while you're there, the, the city, county, state, whatever, is on the hook for the medical bills. Um, all of a sudden, a judge gets woke up in the middle of the night and they put the person out on ROR or if they're on probation, change them to temporarily to phase three or whatever, or phase four. And they'll find reasons to get them out of custody until they're out of medical care. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what. I remember one time uh, we had a guy come in in a power chair. He had an electric wheelchair kind of like mine. And they've got him in the classification unit. And I remember they brought him in probably about two o'clock in the morning. And they uh, they told me they were like we need you to clear the cell next to the outlet. And I thought it was the most odd request. I was like, "What?" They're like, "We need you to clear out, go into the cell where that inmate is sleeping, wake his ass up, and like a thief in the night, and make him move cells because we need that cell next to the outlet." And we brought a guy in, had to put him in the in the cell then bring his electric wheelchair outside of the cell and plug it into charge in the day room. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, this is the most, like, this is the dumbest thing. I, why is this man even in here? Like, I understand that, you know, if you break the law, you know, criminals come in all different shapes and sizes and some of them need to be confined regardless, you know, but they're, they're like, Wow. Like, how long are we going to have to keep this guy here? And uh, I remember looking at the sergeant and being like, how do I feed this guy? What if he needs a shower? What if what, you know, sergeant just looked at me and was like, mm, you know, give, figure it out, you know. And uh, I think the man was in the housing unit for approximately like maybe an hour and a half. And uh, they called him back up. We had to go through the whole rigmarole, get him back into his chair. They pulled him down to intake, and uh, they actually woke up a judge at 3 o'clock in the morning 
and did his video arraignment and they brought him back to the intake or they brought him back to the housing unit and they said, don't even bother transferring back into the mattress, into the cell. The judge basically said, let this man go home, like send him home. You know, whatever we got a court date for him and whatever, like sending, sending, sending handicapped people like that to a jail. I, I have to agree with you, like that there are so many problems that can occur from just doing that. Yeah, the logistics behind so, it is astronomical and the jails are not designed to accommodate that. The staff are not trained to deal with it. And nope. so they will move heaven and earth to make sure those guys don't go in. So, you know, I, I used to make a joke that, you know, when I get like old and decrepit, I'm going to go around and shoplift all the time. And when I get caught, I'm going to be like, I'm orange <laughs> and just get away with it. You know? And, but it's, 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 there's a relative truth to it. We don't put the elderly in jail and we don't put the, the handicapped in jail for the most part. For the most part. Uh, but either way. Yeah. I don't think, I, I just, I don't think I'm going to try and emulate this man's personal behavior. I just, I think I'm going to go a different, different route with my wheels. Right. Well, that being said, folks, I think it's going to bring us into another episode of the Social Liability Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed the, the the fighting and the bickering that we've had. It's not over, I assure you. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we're 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 going to take this off offline. <laughs> uh, that being said, folks, I am the Raz. He is the Buck. Uh, we'd like to remind everybody that we do have a second podcast titled The Subcockles of Reddit. That's the one that Buck uh, hosts on there. A lot of times we've been having that uh, joined by our friend of the show, Sadar. She's appeared on this show as well as a couple of the other ones, especially on our YouTube channel. Uh, it's supposed to be me, and I'm told I'm not fired, but it seems like it's her more and more often. Hmm. I have my suspicions. Uh, you know what? Uh, you Be suspicious all you want, man. I just, I, I just like to remind you of the creative editing that I. Can. <laughs> um, I know. If you, if you remember correctly, the, uh, the the better than bad web series you started with, I was the editor for, and um, uh, I, I particularly loved the um, the priapism episode. That was fun. <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you what. Making it was fun too. I'm sure it was. Yeah. <laughs> okay folks remember to subscribe share this podcast with a friend it doesn't cost you anything the only thing we ever ask you to pay is attention and you can check us out each and every Saturday on wherever you're listening right now I'm the Raz he's the Buck wishing you all a happy and safe week and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Social Liability Podcast <laughs>